the spine has to endure about 60 pounds of forces. So it's like, wow. think about it. And I was there at a school, uh, you know, talking with kids about posture and I gave them this example I'm like think of it that you're helping your parents you know just helping them with the groceries getting them from the car to the kitchen and they give you a pound of apples uh, you know a bag of apples and you know just ask them to lift take it to the kitchen you'll easily do that but what if they give you like six bags at the same time and they're like carry it to the kitchen I mean, how are you going to do that? And most right. of them are like, yeah, we are going to tell them we can't. And, you know, that's the thing. But unfortunately, our spine does not have that option. Our spine cannot say, hey, you know what? Your mm -hmm. head's in bad posture and I cannot carry six times more stress. So, hey, you go hold your head. No, the spine has to support our posture and our, you know, our body no matter what. Welcome to the Egg Gap Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Phillips. You can call me Mariah because that's my name. And I'm thrilled to have you on this journey with me and all of the spectacular guests who jump on the podcast to give you more options for educating children so that children have more options for building a magnificent future. The Egg Gap Evolution Podcast is a digital community where parents, educators, and innovators drop the details on how they are using their lives to help children explore the vastness of education beyond the textbook so that we can close America's education gap together. And just in case you didn't get the memo, producing a podcast is a whole lot of work. We're talking schedule coordination, production, the list goes on and on. So in return for bringing you this show every week, we just ask that you always find a way to share and use what you learn on the podcast to enrich children and families everywhere. Alrighty, without further ado, come along with me to meet our very next guest. Old habits die hard and so do bad habits, especially when that bad habit is posture. And that's why today we're speaking with Shweta Kapur. She's a physical therapist and a researcher with over 12 years of clinical, academic, and research experience. Her work has resulted in over 12 scientific publications in reputed national and international journals and have re has received over 247 citations by researchers worldwide. Her medical research has been featured on various platforms like the Journal of American Medical Association, Medical News and Perspective, Harvard University's Corona Visualization Team, and research at the American College of Cardiology. Shweta is passionate about promoting healthy behaviors in kids in a fun and engaging way. She strongly believes in Robert McKee's quote, storytelling is the most powerful way to put ideas into the world. And she believes that this quote becomes even more powerful when we are talking about the world of kids. This belief, along with a passion to alleviate pain, was the inspiration for her first children's book, which we'll hop into on the show today, that helps kids practice good posture. Um, as a clinician, talking with hundreds of her patients about posture, Schwetzer realized that we need to teach kids about this important component of physical and mental health before they get into the bad habit of slouching that many of us who are adults can relate to, unfortunately, simply because old habits are very hard to change. This book acts as an excellent conversation starter for adults to introduce kids to good posture and is captivating for kids with beautiful illustrations and rhyming words. 
This book makes learning and healthy behaviors fun. As a child, I was always one of those kids who always had a ton of questions in their mind. And uh, I was kind of the curious one. Uh, And I I was also always intrigued by human body. And professionally, I always knew that I wanted to do something wherein I could serve people like I wanted to serve the humanity. And traditionally, the things that always came to my mind at that time was I want to be a doctor or I want to be a teacher, like teaching folks the right things. And, you know, because to me, those, uh, you know, it seemed very important as a kid. And then uh, about physical therapy, to be honest, growing up, I did not know much about this field at all. Um, And it was only when I started, uh, you know, started my journey in this field and started thinking about, uh, you know, having a profession and shadowing physical therapists, that's when I came to know. And I think what intrigued me to this field was that it almost seemed unreal and unbelievable. Like, how could we fix people's problems and ailments through exercise? Like, we're just asking them to move certain ways, and that's fixing their problems. So that, to me, was very uh, exciting at that point of time. And uh, that's what drew me into this field. And I think the researcher component has always been with me since because ever so, like even as a kid I was I always liked to come up with questions and then dig deeper to find answers I enjoyed connecting dots solving puzzles so I think that that aspect uh, kind of probably helped me become a researcher and uh, enjoy this field connecting dots and um, solving puzzles. Those are those are things that as adults, like we don't do as much. Like we don't have those like very, what we might consider basic or even childish activities, but that children are have always been encouraged to do. You know, um, a, a quick puzzle is like a child learning how to put things together in their mind and solve problems. And of course, nowadays, um, puzzles and you know, connecting the dots and solving problems might be something that's more digital. You know, kids might do it on a phone, on a digital platform. But I think it's always cool, like, to throw it back to old school sometimes when it comes to um, children and have them do those sorts of things, like, tactically in person. Especially since being a curious kid, of course, helped lead you to where you are today, even though the your current profession isn't, you know, you weren't, you didn't, you know, born one day and next day say, hey, I'm going to be a physical therapist. (laughs) Exactly. It was a journey for sure. Yeah, definitely a journey. You said you were surprised really that you could help people live a better life or heal people through making them move a certain way. Like, could you talk to us about maybe, I mean, I'm sure you can't disclose like names and stuff, but like, what was like one of those first memories you have when, when, you like actually help somebody feel better, like, you know, move better, live a better life because of like maybe a therapy that you provided. How was that? 
Yeah, so that I think the some of the first memories were during the clinical rotations, like as a physical therapy student, because okay. like, you know, we we were reading about biomechanics, pathophysiology, like all these diseases and what we as a physical therapist can do for these patients. But it wasn't until I actually started, uh, you know, in clinics and started seeing those patients and hearing it for real, like, okay, I know they told me that this is the process and this is how I could manage it. But when, uh, you know, when, when I got that real life experience, when you're, uh, you know, you're consulting a patient, you're evaluating a patient and telling them to do a certain thing. And then they come back the next appointment and they're like, oh yeah, I feel, you know, 80% better. My pain is so much improved. I can do this. I can finally get back to doing things that I enjoy. I think that for me was the first real validation to the work that I do every day now that, um, that, you know, it's, it was really worthwhile. So it took, it took a little time for it to sink in, like, even after getting all that theoretical knowledge, seeing mm-hmm. it was the real application that actually made it even more enjoyable for me. I think that really speaks to like what your book talks about is actually putting great posture into practice us like can definitely think of a time where a grandparent or like a parent like growing up was like stand up straight or like stand tall or sit up straight <laughs> like and as a kid it's pretty annoying um but when you get older of course you start to see the benefits and like understand why but um can you break down for us like what are some of the major consequences of practicing poor posture like you just went over and told us about there was a theoretical information gained about physical therapy that you put it into practice and it was like wow so like what are some of the consequences of us not putting um the therapies that you provide into practice or even if not the therapies you provide specifically like the posture in general it's like it can seem like okay it's not such a big deal but is it a big deal it is definitely a big deal and uh you know uh Now I've been giving talks about posture. And one thing I like to point out to everyone is that most people still have this notion that unless you're a doctor, a physical therapist, a human movement expert, or you want to be there, you don't need to worry about posture, but that is not correct. I feel like just like how all of us need to know that we need to eat healthy food, we need to eat our fruits and vegetables, we need to drink enough water, we need to stay physically active. Similarly, I feel that all of us need to be aware of our posture, and we at least need to make an effort to practice good posture. And that is because, like research has proven, we like, I feel like our parents and grandparents, they knew it because I can definitely, uh, you know, relate with uh, my mom telling me, as a kid sitting, you know, to sit up straight. And like you said, at that time, it it never clicked. You know, it was just one of those hundred things that parents <laughs> try to teach us because yeah. of course they want us to be the best. And, uh, you know, but it never, it never clicked 
even to me as like as a kid, I heard my mom telling me all the time, but it never really clicked until I actually became a physical therapist and, you know, studied all these things and started seeing patients. And I started realizing like how big of a role posture plays in all these musculoskeletal aches and pains. So, Mm -hmm. and that was the reason why I came up with this idea because I was like, well, it seems like parents or grandparents have been doing it for like as long as you can think back, like most of us can relate to that, but somehow it's not clicking with the kids. And that's how I thought, that's when I thought that we need to have something which is fun for them to read. And it kind of plants the seed of posture in their head, whether it's through storytelling, through rhyming words, through beautiful illustrations. So I thought this would be like an excellent conversation starter, making the kids aware about posture and you know posture has like you mentioned there are so many consequences that can happen as a result of bad posture because the most notorious ones that almost everyone would agree with are having neck pain having to deal with back pain and uh, It's amazing because now studies have shown that, let's say when you're in good posture, if your spine has to endure about 10 pounds of forces to support your head, Uh when we start slouching and have that forward head posture, the spine has to endure about 60 pounds of forces. So it's like, think about it. And I was there at a school, uh, you know, talking with kids about posture and I gave them this example I'm like think of it that you're helping your parents you know just helping them with the groceries getting them from the car to the kitchen and they give you a pound of apples uh, you know a bag of apples and you know just ask them to lift take it to the kitchen you'll easily do that But what if they give you like six bags at the same time and they're like, carry it to the kitchen? I mean, how are you going to do that? And most of them are like, yeah, we are going to tell them we can't. And, you know, that's the thing. But unfortunately, our spine does not have that option. Our spine cannot say, hey, you know what? Your Mm -hmm. head is in bad posture and I cannot carry six times more stress. So, hey, you go hold your head. No, the spine has to support our posture and our you know our body no matter what no matter what so that's it's kind of like we are punishing our poor spine for no mistake yeah you know and that's how all these body structures they start revolting in the form of pain That's Mm. when you start experiencing neck issues, back issues. And posture, not only does it have uh, impact on the musculoskeletal aspect, different body systems are can also be affected by posture. It's like, you know, since the pandemic, we have been talking about our respiratory capacity a lot, our breathing. So it has shown that bad posture, it compresses the lungs and it reduces the respiratory function. So having Uh a good posture helps you breathe better. It helps with an efficient digestion. So, you know, the 
the benefits of having a good posture, they go even beyond aches and pains. So some of those times where like we we might chalk it up to simply feeling lousy or, you know, maybe saying, oh my goodness, um, and I know this isn't the most pleasant thing to hear, but some adults may be stuff like acid reflux or, you know, those things were just, that were just like, uh, I don't feel great. It could, could be, you know, not saying absolutely, but it could be because we're not sitting up straight. We're not practicing good posture. Exactly. It can be. Research has shown that having a slouched posture, it reduces something we call peristalsis, which is the movement of, uh, you know, the food in the digestive tract. And it can impact and it can make you more prone to feeling gassy, feeling bloated. It can increase the chances of constipation and acid reflux, like you mentioned. That is a mind blowing because it is. Um, you know, there's. I mean, the, of course, as children, we all know children have their own ailments and things they deal with. But of course, one day they'll become adults, and so to be able to equip them with this knowledge that could help them, you know, while taking a test, um, you know, when they get older, they might get into college or be an entrepreneur or whatever the child decides, um, and eventually has their own children. It's, this is really beneficial for uh, information for those who are children on up. So this, this is a whole family thing, um, in my opinion. And thank you. Um, Shredder went ahead and sent me a copy of the book and we'll jump more into this in a second. But I want to know before we do, Shredder, like what you clearly know so much about physical therapy and like the human body, but I'm wondering what did you learn, um, if anything, during the process of creating and writing this book? What are some things that, um, that you were like, oh, I didn't even know this before I hopped into it, whether it's about the book writing process or the body itself, um, what'd you learn? It was actually, it was a very fulfilling uh, process and it was a unique experience for me because till now I have like uh, about more than 12 scientific publications, but you know how when we write scientific publications, there are like thousands of worlds, it's full of like hard to read technical jargon, uh, which, you know, unless you have the same background, it's hard for someone else to read it and grasp the material. And here I was trying to write a book that too for kids. So of course I had to make sure that whatever I write is in very simple language and uh, it should be in very few words. Because, uh, you know, that's that's what they kept telling me, that I can't have too many words because <laughs> the attention span of kids is, you know, we cannot, I could not give them like even 200 words to read because they won't grasp it all. So mm-hmm. I had to put all that I know about posture, all that I want to teach them in very few words. And on top of that, I had to try and make it fun. So that was definitely a unique experience trying to learn about, uh, you know. I I agree that you made it fun. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And that is one of the pages where kids, uh, you know, they they get a laugh about it. So I I enjoy that. And then um, 
I also wanted to make sure that it was not something like now that we are focusing more on active learning and actively engaging kids. I wanted to make, I learned about that. And then I tried to uh, incorporate some lines in the book wherein we could encourage the kids to get up and, you know, try to work on their posture and try to be aware of their body's uh, orientation. So kind of, uh, I wanted to incorporate those elements of active engagement in the book also so i did i did learn a lot and it was uh, it was also fun trying to explain the, about the illustrations that i would like mm-hmm. because you know writing is one thing and then trying to bring your words to life and how you envision them to be that was again another thing that uh, i ha- i was i have never been involved in before because most of the scientific work, all, the only pictures you get to make are like figures or graphs. Mm-hmm. So this was uh, way more fun and uh, it was way more creative. I certainly enjoyed it a lot. That's awesome. What was, um, like, what were people, so you released this book during, was it National Posture Month? Yes. So okay. it officially just released on the 1st of May this year and may marks the beginning of the national posture month so okay you know me and the publishers team we thought that was the perfect time to introduce it to the entire world because uh, it's you know may is usually the month when experts start talking about posture we try to schools they try to devote some additional time to kind of make the students aware about this component of health Mm -hmm. so that's why we decided to release it in May. Got you yeah I thought that was so interesting when you first told me about that because I didn't even know uh, posture month was a thing but what what better way to work on your posture than to dedicate a whole month to it so what were some of the um reactions that maybe children or parents or teachers had to the book upon first reading it like did any of the reactions surprise you I want to like first to hear what that was like for you because um posture is one of those things that if, if it can be we all know what it is in a way but to have somebody like zero in and be like no we're going to focus on posture mm-hmm. what did that take people back um what was that like so yeah, it it was uh, you know I had like wonderful reaction because it's like when I introduced the book to friends, some healthcare professionals, doctors, clinicians, they were all like, "Oh my gosh, that's a wonderful idea!" Because all of them, you know, of course, especially if you're talking to a physical therapist community or uh, the physicians, they're like, yeah, we know posture is so important, but it nev- we never thought that we should try and teach kids about it early on, because most of the times, uh, you know, patients come and see us, they have been slouching for, you know, their entire life. And at that time, it's like no matter how much rationale we provide and how good of an education we give them, even though they understand at that time, they even want to fix it because it's really hurting them at that time. But it's hard. You know, it's just 
plain old heart to change old habits. Yeah. So uh, everyone agreed that it was a great idea to teach kids early on before they get into that habit of slouching. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some of the wonderful responses I got from teachers and educators, it was like, it was, uh, you know, I heard things like, oh my God, I'm always telling my kids to sit up straight, but <laughs> I think this is a fun way. Now I don't have to tell, hey, boys and girls, let us sit up straight. We can just say, hey, let's give, uh, you know, let's bring out Posture Town and let's read it. And that would be kind of like an enjoyable reminder for them. And yeah. The funny thing was, uh, I actually, it was at uh, the pre-order book signing event uh, Mm -hmm. for my book in uh, Tucson, Arizona, wherein a lady came up to me at the author signing event, and we started chatting about Posture Town, and she, she, you know, kind of, uh, she tells me, she's like... uh, don't you think you're a little too late in writing this book? She was there with her college freshman daughter. She was like, I've been telling her all her childhood that she needs to sit up straight and she never listened to me. And then the funny thing was she uh, she said, I want to get a copy for her so that now she can put it on her work desk and this will still <laughs> serve as a fun reminder yeah you know to work on her posture and to be aware of that so that i thought was really uh you know it was really interesting because i was like i thought i'm just writing the book for kids but i'm so glad that grown ups and adults are you know are saying that this is helping them being more aware. I, in fact, got some reviews wherein parents were like, you know, that they they themselves didn't start thinking about their posture till their doctor mentioned it when they had terrible neck pain and they had to take time off from work and, you know, go in for physical therapy like three times a week. And they were like, I'm so glad that my kid is learning about it already and they were like, every time the kid is reading that book, and I even the sight of Posture Town, it reminds me that, hey, I don't want to have my neck or back start hurting again. Yeah, so it reminds me. No joke, that. back pain. <laughs> no joke. Exactly. So I think it's like just talking about posture, just, you know, seeing your kid read it or seeing it around you on your desk is it's kind of like a fun reminder. Yeah. And that's one of the things I really love about the book is the length. Like when I've um, read plenty of children's books before and have even had people on the show with children's books and they're all great. But when I jumped into this one, some of them are a little lengthy, but when I jumped into this one, I got through it. And I mean, of course, as an adult too, kids might take a little longer, but as an adult, I got through it because I wanted to enjoy the illustrations in about three minutes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is perfect because, you know, kids do have a short attention span. Of course, they might want to take some time and look at the pictures. But when it comes to posture, it is one of those things where you kind of really want to get to the point, you know, and and then move on with the day. And if you need a reminder, like you said, the college student has on her desk, she can pick it up, flip Mm -hmm. to whatever page and move on with with um, your day. And it really speaks to the fact that it seems like you wrote this book to be in just as much of an active part of people's lives as the book encourages you to be in, you know, adjusting your posture and caring about your posture. Exactly. 
Um, and I'm wondering, uh, who else is this book for? I know we talked about uh, children. We talked about um, college students and teenagers, um, but maybe professionally, is there anybody else that you could say would benefit from this book from like a professional standpoint or anyone who might get the book out to children? Um, could you speak to that? I think this this book can serve like posture in itself is important for all of us to practice, especially, uh, you know, for those who spend a lot of time on their desk working in front of the computers, because mm -hmm. it's so easy, uh, especially when you're, you know, concentrating on your work and you have deadlines to meet and productivities, uh, you know, targets to fulfill. It's, it's, very easy to forget about your posture and it's very easy to get engrossed in the documents and you know in in your work so i think it's it's this book can serve as a fun reminder of posture like i i feel that just having uh, just having the book on your desk and, you know, just having it wherein you can, like, when you look around and you see Posture Town, it has that effect that, you know, okay, it's it's kind of like a fun reminder to pay attention and to be mindful of your posture. So I think anyone basically who could use a fun reminder about mm -hmm. their own posture would benefit from having this book around them. I totally agree. And so I'll, let's let's get moving here. Um, nothing too crazy, guys. So don't don't worry if you're listening and you <laughs> and, and uh, you want to participate in what we're doing next. But Shwad, I'm wondering, can you give us like for those of us who may sit at a desk a long time, or maybe teachers who stand and like their feet or their neck and back hurt? Is there like a simple posture exercise that we could do at any time of day? Could you walk us through one? Um, so that we we can walk away from this episode with a little something in our pockets, and every time we do it, we we remember if we haven't if we haven't gotten our hands on Posture Town now yet, we need to do it now. <laughs> exactly. So uh, you know, it's uh, posture in itself. When you go see a doctor or a physical therapist about your posture, there's like a whole assessment that we do because there can be different reasons that are making you prone to being in that posture and even bad posture it's like different kinds there's the but what I'll tell you today is like I'll give you a tip for something we see very commonly which is the rounded shoulders and forward mm -hmm. head posture which is seen a lot in individuals who spend a lot of their time sitting who spend a lot of their time working on computers, working on their desk. So for that, what I tell my patients is that you know that the neutral position of your spine does not is not here. So one simple thing that you can do throughout the day, even if you do like five repetitions at a time, it would be helpful is that you basically, we call it chin tucks or cervical retraction exercise, which is kind of like you're tucking your chin inwards and it's like going the opposite way of poking your neck out. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
and you can use your fingers to guide that movement because most of the time people think that you know when you ask them to do this they can you know they start looking up they start Mm -hmm. bending so it's basically just if you put your fingers on your chin you're trying to push it backwards wow and you can definitely be aligned Exactly. Now, the one thing I would caution, though, is that, uh, you know, as a physical therapist, I'm never uh, like it's we know that we cannot prescribe exercises to anyone without actually assessing, without knowing their medical history or anything. So just a disclaimer, it's just something which would be good for you unless you have any other conditions going on with your cervical spine or with your medical history in general. But otherwise, this is one exercise that I do throughout the day that I recommend uh, most of my patients, unless they have any contraindications to do, to work towards a good posture. So this is one. And then, of course, (laughs) then we have some journal neck stretches Mm-hmm. That, you know, that all of us kind of do. The only thing with that is, especially if we have any middle-aged to elderly individuals who already have degenerative changes going on in the spine, I always like to, uh, you know, evaluate the patient for that before I ask them to do any neck stretches, because sometimes some of those uh, stretches might be, uh, you know, might not be the best thing for you to start with. But gotcha. if you're perfectly healthy, then doing simple neck stretches, like br- bringing your ear to one side and then to the other, and then mm-hmm. you can take a pause when you're feeling a stretch to kind of let that muscle stretch, mm-hmm. hold it for a few seconds, and then relax. And just just doing, you know, these simple movements. Mm-hmm that you would you would notice a change and then of course what we recommend is that you should try to get up and move about every 30 set about every 30 minutes i know i'll, say, I'll take every 30 seconds i'll just start dancing. i know right uh, i know every 30 minutes it's not always possible when you're in the meetings and you know you're going out and about but try try to take like water breaks try to keep your water bottle slightly away so that you actually have to physically get up and grab it maybe keep your uh trash bin a little away from the desk so every mm, that's time a good you idea. throw something you have to physically get up and you know walk a few steps to throw it and um, you know another one that i myself like to use is use a restroom that is not the nearest one from your office. So if you need to, you know, uh, you need to use a restroom, maybe walk a little bit more. That's a great idea. So that's, that's, these are just some general steps that would help you to break in one position. And Mm -hmm. they also help with your uh, maintaining your posture. Yeah. Like these are so cool. I mean, I love talking to like certified and licensed professionals because you always have like the best like basic lifestyle like the things that all of us take for granted (laughs) like the ability to go to the bathroom three more feet over is like life-changing stuff for those of us who you know may not be in that profession and just thinking of that but you know now listeners you have some tips for yourselves 
that you can start practicing. And then we also have a whole book of instructions for children and adults right here. And Shred, I have one more question for you um, before we wrap up. What is the world taking too long to realize about the way that we educate children and how are you changing that? That I think is a wonderful question because, uh, you know, children, I always say are the future, are our future. Yes. So, you know, our future basically relies on the kids today. And uh, so it's very important that we invest in their education. We devote the resources and time to that. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing that I really like is that how it's changing from passive learning to active learning approach today. And I really think it's beneficial because it's it's kind of like if we talk in terms of posture, it's like, uh, you know, our parents or someone telling us to sit up straight versus having them read this book and having them actively engage mm -hmm. in the process. I think that's certainly beneficial for a better learning that is going to stick with the kids and ultimately help them have a one you know create a wonderful future for tomorrow so i feel that grow active learning and that growth mindset yeah it's it's very important and i really believe that you know i feel like childhood is like the most important part of an individual life i, I cherish my childhood i feel blessed that my parents were able to provide me with you know all the resources that they could and i owe everything that i am whatever i am today whatever i will be in future i think it's it's always because of a good childhood that they provided to me so yeah. that underscores the importance of a great childhood that i think every child deserves to have Absolutely. so whatever we can make you know Whatever we can do to give them what they deserve, I think is is less. We need to do everything in our part to give them a beautiful childhood that provides them with excellent resources for their physical health, for their mental health, mm -hmm. to help them grow. Like every kid is different. So if we can provide each and every kid with the resources that they deserve, I think we'll have a wonderful tomorrow. Absolutely. Beautifully said. I mean, I, I kind of want that to be the new introduction to all podcast episodes. On. <laughs> oh, thank you. And it's, um, it's, it's awesome, uh, Shreda, how like you and anybody, you know, you can support the mission of making sure all children have the resources they need, even if you're not their parent, even if the child has a parent who isn't available about giving of yourself in ways such as this, you know, this is something that has the potential to reach every child in America and, and every child in the world, you know, if we um, continue to circulate good information and get the word out. Um, and I, I really love what you said about the active learning, because that is part of the growth mindset, the doing, the expanding, the new experiences, and even working on your posture is a new experience every time you do it, because you're a new person almost every moment, you know, and you've had new things in your life that happens that you can then re-engage and make sure that you are giving yourself the best physical um, treatment possible at any time of day. 
Um, and before we wrap up, Shweta, is there anything else that you'd like to share with uh, with the audience? Children really are the future of tomorrow. So anything we can do to provide them with a beautiful childhood, which is full, not only of the resources, because this is another thing that we see. We I feel like there are like two sections. One's is, one is where the children are lacking the resources to grow and to be nurtured like they should be. And then there's another section where the children are lacking the time commitment or the time that, you know, sometimes we as working professional are not able to give them. I always Mm -hmm. uh, tell myself that the kids need me 24 seven. So anytime that I'm, Uh, You know, I'm working on my stuff. I'm working on my profession. That's like my time that I'm taking away from them. So I know it's just not possible to, you know, to be with them 24-7, but try to make a conscious effort today itself to spend, even if it's a few minutes, having a one-on-one conversation with your kid about things that are important to you. I mean, I would love if you talk to them about posture, but choose a topic (laughs) that's important to you and your family and uh, spend some quality time with them and they will cherish it more than any, anything else. That's, that's going to make a strong foundation. Absolutely. 100%. And for those who want to uh, keep their eye on, you know, your career and what you're doing next and grab a copy of Posture Towns or many copies of Posture Towns, especially if it's for a school or learning community um, or a holiday <laughs> um, as a gift, where can folks find you and where can folks grab the book? So uh, you can grab the copies of Posture Town. It is now available with all the major uh, book stores. Uh, like you can grab it on Amazon, of course, and it's available on Barnes and Noble's website. And it's for schools and libraries. It's available through book distributors like Igram. So I, I would say, and even for different parts of the world. It's like they're different book distributors on Amazon have picked up Posture Town. So no matter what part of the world you are in, whether it's somewhere in Asia or Europe or uh, Australia, Posture Town is available. Just search up for Posture Town book on Amazon and you should be able to find book distributors that are selling it in your area. And for libraries and schools and educators, it's available through some of the popular book distributors throughout the US. So you should be able to get your copy. And of course, uh, if you wanna stay informed about new research in this area or just stay in touch, I would uh, love to have you added to the Posture Town page. You can follow me on Amazon, my author page on Amazon, or you can even get in touch with me on LinkedIn. I love to expand the network there as well. And just grab a copy of Posture Town on Amazon. And if anyone would like author signed copies, I am more than willing to do that as well. You can shoot me an email and uh, 
we can get in touch about that as well. Yes, I'm fortunate to have an author signed copy and it feels great. So thank you. I'm <laughs> thank so you. glad you enjoyed it. Yes, awesome, awesome book, everybody. Thank you so much, Schweider, for joining us, for sharing your knowledge here, for sharing your passion about children and youth in the future and just being so in alignment with what the podcast is for. And um, I'm going to drop the links and the information to everything Schweider said in the show notes so that you all can get in touch um, if you wish and also grab your copies of the book. Schweider, thank you so much and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun chatting with you. I'm honored that you invited me on your podcast. So what'd you think? How will you take what you learned today on the EdGap Evolution podcast to make sure that more children and families know that they have more options for building a magnificent future? If you like what you heard and want to get notified when the next episode goes live, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll notify you when the next episode is out. Don't forget to check the show notes where I share information on today's guests. And yes, we do have a website. You can always pop in on us at www.eggapevolution.com. Again, I'm Mariah Phillips, and I leave you with this. Embrace the evolution, y'all.